This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The working week started with another blow for Londoners struggling with the cost of living crisis. The biggest tube and bus fare hikes in a decade, that's since Boris Johnson was mayor. In a fortnight's time, passengers will suffer increases of between 4 and nearly 12%. That's 10 to 30 pence per journey more, depending on zone, as Transport for London tries to claw back a huge deficit after its finances were decimated by Covid. So how can TfL and the Mayor really justify such inflation-busting hikes? And how come we're the world's most expensive city to travel around? We're joined by Emma Gibson, Chief Executive of the London Travel Watch Campaign Group. So Emma, what's your take on today's announcement? We all know there's a massive hole in TfL's finances and there's no great solution to solving that. So fares rises by RPI plus one was always part of their plan. They said that last year in their financial sustainability plan. So we've been expecting that for a while. Recently, the mayor's thrown in this new idea of bringing in this a new form of road user charging to plug the gap. So there are various ways that TfL and the mayor are trying to sort this situation out. With the tube fares, I mean, I've been sent this kind of really complicated table of how the tube fares will rise on different zones in different times of day and they go from 4.2% to 11% in some of the outer zones in London Um, so I'm trying to get my head around that. It seems like they've decided instead of raising them by kind of a flat fare they've done something kind of much more kind of nuanced and I'm still trying to work out what exactly is the rationale um, for keeping for example the fare rise low in zone one at peak times but um, raising it off peak in the in the outer zones how are bus passengers going to be affected by today's news bus fares are going to go up proportionately much more than tube fares on the whole which is really disappointing to us because the kind of people who use the bus are people who don't have the kind of jobs where they can work at home quite often they're lower paid workers key workers and they use the bus exclusively because they can't afford the um, train or the tube and so we've been asking repeatedly we know fares have to rise but when you raise them can you put them up a bit more on the tube so you can keep them lower on the bus because these are people that 
really make a massive difference to them. And so I was so sad this morning when I found out that bus fares were going up as much as they were because it doesn't seem fair on the people with the lowest incomes. And interestingly, I mean, I was just having a little look at some of the paperwork that TfL have sent me and in their kind of impact quality assessment, they've acknowledged exactly that, that actually lower income Londoners who rely on the bus will be disadvantaged by this decision. Although the only bit of good news is the hop affair is still here to stay. Could you tell us the sort of complaints that London Travel Watch has been dealing with lately? During the pandemic, we've seen a lot more people worried about crowding on public transport, about people not wearing face coverings. At the moment, um, we're seeing kind of fewer complaints about the behaviour of bus drivers, for example, who people kind of sometimes think are rude or grumpy, and more people worried about not being able to use their freedom pass early in the morning. So the kind of things that we get complaints about have kind of changed over time. But we've been doing a lot of research recently, especially with London rail passengers, and asking them what they want from their rail system, because we know there are going to be budget cuts on the railways, and we're trying to find out what are the most important things to them. And it's interesting it's the same kind of thing that we hear across the board is that people want a reliable frequent service and they don't want to be crammed in like sardines and I think that might be something that's permanently changed with the pandemic whereas before I think we just kind of accepted as kind of part and parcel of living in London that we might be crammed onto a train or have to wait a long time for the next one but it seems that people's expectations have changed during the pandemic and certainly for people who can vote with their feet and work from home they're saying to us i'm just not prepared to put up with it in the future so there'd better be a regular service otherwise i'm just going to carry on working from my bedroom or my kitchen but why on earth are we still paying more than other world cities for our public transport services the price rises seem pretty relentless london has until recently or traditionally been a real kind of world-class city when it comes to public transport and other cities have copied it and the difference is if you look at most other cities like new york paris They don't make as much of their income from fares. So essentially, one way or another, the government pays more towards the cost of public transport than they do in London. So in London, it's nearly three quarters um, of TfL's income comes from fares, whereas somewhere like Paris or New York, it's, it's more like half. So that might kind of explain some of the difference. And that hasn't been a problem up until the pandemic. But that fares model just showed itself to be utterly broken um, once people were told they needed to stay at home. But some people still needed to get an out and about for work. And that relationship between fares income and a thriving public transport system is just broken and it's probably broken forever. It's interesting that some cities are actually going down the free public transport route and saying we're going to make it free to get people out of their cars and trying that kind of system out. That's really, really interesting. It's hard to imagine that that situation is going to come in here anytime soon. Um, But if our government is serious about meeting its climate targets, keeping public transport fares as low as possible is going to be really important for actually um, encouraging people to use it. 
visit. And finally, on those buses you mentioned earlier, is there anything being done to help get passengers from A to Z faster on London's roads instead of being stuck in gridlock traffic? The bus is a bit unloved in some ways in London and you don't hear much from bus passengers. They're not so complainy as train passengers, for instance. They don't have as loud a voice. And what's happened in London is that partly because of congestion, the bus has just got slower and slower over the last few years. And there's a direct relationship between bus getting slower and more people deciding they don't want to take the bus anymore because it's just not a reliable way of getting them to where they need to go on time. And so we've been trying to address the issue of how can you actually reduce journey times on the bus and make it more attractive so that more people use it. So we've been working with TfL and the London boroughs as well to say, what can you do to free up space for the bus on London's roads, whether it's making your bus lanes 24-7 or stopping people from parking where they shouldn't? What more can you do? to make those bus journeys more reliable, a little bit quicker, so that more people will use the bus. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.